open your Bibles or sermon notes to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Repeat the topic with me, please. Say a courageous, courageous. Conversation. conversation. That's what we're talking about this season. We're looking at a series of conversations that we believe impact your life if you're courageous enough to have them. They can change everything. For some people, it's all about a conversation. That can, that can make your marriage better, your finances better, your career better. But a lot of people aren't open to that. They don't like courageous conversations. They want passive conversations. Today, we're going to talk about seasons. We started last week. And by the way, I hope you know, you can go download the app, Overcoming by Faith Ministries app. That is so cool. How many of you have that app? Raise your hand. Now, I'm telling you, you need to get it now. It's really amazing. It, it, all the sermons are on your phone. All the sermon notes are on your phone. You wouldn't have to even look at those notes. Um, one day I should get rid of all the paper. Not today. <laughs> Save the trees. Uh, but they're all on an app. You can look at them on the app, on your iPad, whatever you have. Um, and you can give on the app. You can do all this really cool. Or go to the website. If you're watching from home, we're glad to have you with us. You can do the same thing. And it's really cool. Go to the website. The notes are there. Everything is there. But it's, it's really, really important that you... Um, follow me along and embrace this season of technology. And we're talking about seasons today. So repeat the topic, please, how to, how to improve your season. That's what we're talking about today. I'm going to give you some advice, a little hint. Do not stop with your knowledge. If you want to improve the seasons of your life, if you want every season of your life to improve, you first of all can't just trust in yourself. Here's what Proverbs 3 and 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your what? Own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. For the Lord, uh, fear the Lord rather and depart from evil. This is not a verse designed to say don't trust yourself at all. It just means you shouldn't just trust yourself alone. You need to include God in your process. Now, I, um, I really, really, really like this sermon, uh, but it, to me, has too many gears in it. It has seven gears. So what I'm going to do is cheat a little bit, not cheat. Diana, let me use that word because she's a school teacher. Don't, don't use the word cheat. I'm going to change things a little bit. Um, there are seven things I wanted to share with you today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all seven quickly, and then I'm going to highlight three, four of them that I really want to hone into. Because I've given you sermon notes, you can't say I didn't talk to you about it. So you ready to go? Say amen if you are. Amen. First of all, I want you to look with me at, our, at, our, at the seven things, seven critical things that I believe will improve every season of your life. First of all, be careful who you follow and allow to influence you. Say that with me, please. Come on. Be careful who you follow and allow to influence you. I'll come back to that. Number two, say... Spend more time building your relationship with God. If you want to improve your life, if you want to improve the seasons of your life, and your life does come in seasons, you have to, first of all, be careful who you follow. Secondly, spend more time building your relationship with God. That's your job. Thirdly, include God and his work in your budget. Say that with me, please. Come on. Include God and his work in your budget. Number four. Allow yourself to be disciplined and stop. Say that with me, please. Come on. Allow yourself to be disciplined and stop. Who can stop you? That is the question of the day. 
Are you unstoppable when you're on a road and you are determined? Number four, I'm sorry, number five, choose the smartest options for your life. Come on, say it with me, please. Choose the smartest options for your life. Number six, respect God as your creator and believe he knows best. Come on. Respect God. He designed your car. Now, see? So he, he knows the best way for it to crank, what size tires you need. Respect God as your creator. Sometimes we think we did it ourselves. You didn't make yourself. Then, number seven, don't be afraid of the disasters around you. Come on, say that. Don't be afraid. Now, I think that some of these are obvious. They're all from, from Proverbs chapter 3. I like teaching whole chapters. That's my challenge. And so I'll spend a lot of times, number one, number two, number three, your arm get tired, number four, you know, so I don't want to do that again. What I want to, want to do is just show you four things that I think stand out to me of the seven. They're all important. You've got the notes. You can read everything I wrote. But let me give you the first one. Be careful who you follow and allow to influence you is the first thing I want you to know. That's the, and you put a little check mark by there. That's the first the highlighted of the seven I'm going to talk about the most. I am convinced that what he says, Solomon says, in Proverbs 3 and 1 is profound. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. Verse 2 says they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. And there are two things I made note of. Ask yourself, whose teaching do you follow? Right now in your life, who, is, who has been your major teacher? And where or when was the teaching you followed tested? So you're following a way to, let's say, manage your love life. Who taught you that? Television? Where did you learn to view your sex life that way? Television? Your friends? Who has programmed you? Your music? You love an artist you don't know? I get that. I'm not putting down loving artists. I'm just simply saying you don't know them. You don't, know, you don't even know who wrote the song. You just sing it. I'm not saying you got to know who wrote everything. I'm just making a point. My, my question to you is, you are living a certain way. I want to know why. Who have you allowed to Influence your life. Who are you following? Who are you acting like, dressing like? And why? Why? Why have you done that? I've discovered something in my life. This is my personal note. I've discovered at certain seasons in my life that I follow the teachings of unqualified people. They were not qualified and they were not tested. And I should not have listened to them. They did not advance my life. They hindered it. Some of the things that you believe just aren't true. And if you're not careful, you don't ever pause and ask yourself, why am I allowing this person I met 30 minutes ago to tell me what to do with my life? Why, why young people, you're, you have friends. I'm not down on your friends, not showing any shade on your friends. But just a question. 
They don't feed you. They don't house you. You don't live with them. How do your parents get to be so dumb and they so smart? Just a question. Just think about that for a second. Now, I understand all of us have been your age, and we all did the same thing. We all were tempted to believe our friends over our family. We were all tempted to. But I want you to just be careful about something. Be careful about following untested people. Experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. Howard Hendricks said. It's not just experience. It's evaluated. Who, ta- who, who in your life spent the money the way you're spending your money and was okay long term? Who in, your, who in your life ate like that, lived like that? Who in your life? Can you name somebody? This is so odd. You're going to be shocked that I say this. They don't brush their teeth much. They floss every now and then. And they have great teeth. Who do you know? Or do you know some people that have lost their teeth that can testify to you? Don't say anything. Just smile at me. Say amen. <laughs> I, you know, I just, my mom, I, I tell this, I've told this story so many times. My mom tested a process. And every now and then when she'd ask me, did you brush your teeth, Rick? And I'd say, oh, and she'd say, here, look at that. That's your future. She'd pop them out. There you go. Nothing like your teeth, son. Floss. Brush every day. Shouldn't have to tell you that. Too big for that. And she click them back in. You got it? Good. That's evaluated experience. <laughs> There's something about that. She only had one or two partials, but she would click them out on me in a minute and let me know. I got the rest of them, but I got a few, few extras that I didn't plan for. And, and her point was, this didn't have to happen to me. There are some things that don't have to happen to you, but if you follow and listen to, listen to the wrong people, you'll end up in places you don't need to be. For some of you, you will graduate if you stop hanging with those people. But you will not, you will be with the ungraduated if you hang with those folks. There, there are, there's a moment in your life when you fall, especially when you fall in love. Some of you just love stuff. You're just so in love. Lord, and then you act like they're your husband right after you, the one week of dating. This, this is, now this is your man. Don't ask me about my man. Some of you women just get on me with that, young girls. Just, uh, and then he's your husband. Now you act like a husband. You're not married, got all the privileges, don't say anything else. <laughs> ain't paying nothing, excuse me, I ain't. And if, if you're not careful, you're so in love and you're so blind and you're, you're, and you're following this person. I understand the power of relationships. <laughs> But I want you to be clear about this. If you want to improve the season of your life, be careful who you follow and allow to influence you. All I'm saying is it needs to be a tested person. Their system, their approach needs to be tested. It needs to be something that, that is in my best interest because I know when I listen to you, it's going to lead me to a good place. Say amen if you got it. The next thing I said to you was spend more time building your relationship with God, and I think that's pretty obvious. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. Then you will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. and he will, make, he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. 
Spend more time building your relationship with God. It's pretty obvious. You know, I want you to, I want you to just think about that for a minute. Because a lot of times we spend a lot of time building other stuff, but not our walk with God. But I'm going to get to the third one. Because this is one of the ones that, that came to me like a light the other day. I am, I am amazed at how many people want to improve the seasons of their life, but they don't deal with the major issues in their life. There are some things that almost everybody can agree becomes a big issue almost in every season of your life. Whether you're raising kids, when you're first getting married, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's this money thing. Anybody know about the money problem? Now, let's pray a prayer. How many of you want me to pray for God to prosper your life? Raise your hand. If you prosper, don't raise your hand. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, let everybody get this next illustration I'm about to give. I pray they would hear me and that they would hear me loudly, that they will never see the seasons of their life improve if they don't deal with the financial issues in their life. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. Now, let me read a verse for you. This is in Proverbs chapter 3, same chapter. Here's what he says. Honor the Lord. Read it out loud with me, please. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will bring, bring, brim over with new wine. Now, let me just say this to you. Whenever you don't turn the page, stay with me. Stay with me. Whenever you talk about money in church, a lot of times it's all about giving. This is more about a mindset. If you catch the first part of the text, honor the Lord. Say that with me, please. Come on. This is about honoring God. This is about, uh, you know, improving your, 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 your walk with God, spending time growing in your walk. Part of that is honoring the Lord with your resources. Now, I know many of you have had experiences that have kind of made you a little bit leery about that. And what I want to do for a moment, I want to have just a little bit of fun. I want to do something I'm calling and put it up on the screen for me. Would you please? This is going to be a pretend moment. Say, make believe believe. church. Church. Okay, this is called make believe church. Okay? So I need some people to help me make believe. You want to help me make believe? You're going to be a deacon. Come on, deacon. You look like a deacon. Come on. You look like a deacon too. Come on, y'all deacon. Come on. Come on. Come on up here. Get up here on the deacons. Deacons, right here, deacons. We're going to raise an offering in what kind of church? Come on this side. Come on, deacon. Deacon deacon on one side, deacon on the other side. All right. Deacons are going to help me. Raise some money. And what kind of church? So I am not doing this for real. Don't tape this and tell people I'm doing this. I'm just trying to make a point. I just want to make a point. Now I need some people to help me with some make-believe church. You ready? <laughs> I brought some money. See, see, I brought some money. Here, you take that. What is that? What is that? That's a hundred dollar bill, and you will get this back to me in Jesus' name. Is that right? You are clear. I counted this money. I want y'all to know. I double count. I double count this money. Here, stand in line over there. Stand. We're gonna start us a hundred dollar line. Praise God, right there. Hundred dollar line. Stand right there. You wanna get in on this? Yeah. Wanna get in on this? Who wanna get in on this? Get in on this. Get twenty dollars. Get on that line. Get that line. Get that. Get in line. There you go. Yeah. You wanna get in too? You wanna get in on this thing? Come on. Come on. You wanna? Who wanna get in on this? Come on. Come on. Come on. Get in on this thing here. Get on in here. Come on. I'm gonna give you a big fifty and you know you better. You all right. You praise God. You're all right. Be careful. Be careful. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Don't be, hey, 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 hey. Don't put that on camera either. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come, here. Come on in here. Come on in here. Come on in here. I want you to give to the Lord. I want you to give. You don't you feel like giving, giving to God? Come on. Get in line. Come on. Who wants to give? You want to get, you want to get in line? You want to give? You feel like giving today? Here. 
You, go, you got your own money. You got your own money. All right, I'm, I'm trying to get some more givers. Anybody want to give? Anybody else feel like giving? Come on, come on, come on. You want to give? Come on down here. You got to get. All right, come on. I got some. That's it. I ain't got no more money. No more. No more. That's it. Here, I ain't got much. It's spreading out. Hold on. Oh, Jesus. It's down. That's all I got. Here. Here, take the dollar. Come on, come on. No, come on back. Come on back. Come on. Get in line. Come on. Now, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Now, this is typically, okay, how it is. Now, some churches have a line. I'm not against it. I'm just telling you how I've seen it done. Okay, now, here's what's happening. Now, I'm going to pretend. Here. Now, let's, you come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Get in front of him. Here. Come up here. Get in front of him. Come on. All right, you ready? Now, get in the front. Now, this is typically how they do it. Ready? Now, I'm going to pretend I'm raising an offering. God just told me, God put it in my heart to raise this offering because we're trying to get this roof done. And I want you to join me today. And I want some of y'all to give. I want $100. Now, I want $100. I want to see what you got. What you bringing today? What you got? That ain't $110. Now, get to the back. Get to the back here. Take this. Take, take, take this. We'll take that down. Take that. No, no. They don't. No, I said $100. Who got the $100? I want somebody. Come on to the front. God bless you, son. Give $100. Tad bless you. We like this kind of member. Come on, say amen. Come on, sow that seed in Jesus' name. Now, anybody got? I want, I want $50. I need somebody with $50. Who got $50? Don't look around. What you got? What you got? Put the $50. $50. $50. All right, all of y'all, too. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. They sowing seed today. I love this. Come on. Come on. What you got? You got? I need 20 20 now, uh, now you get behind her. Come on, come on, 20. There you go, 20. Throw, throw it in there now. Now, the rest of y'all, okay, the rest of y'all with the tens and the fives, we're going to pray for you. Father, bless them in Jesus' name. Bless them, bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, come on. Now, everybody, go on up here and, and sow the seed. Give me some. We got no organ music. That's good. We just pretend we got some. Now, and so typically, and the $1 at the back, don't you leave. Come on, come on, come up here. That's, that's my dollar. Drop it in there. Drop it in there. Put it in there. Put it in there. Put it in there. Now, we're going to drop that money in there. Everybody, empty your pockets as you go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. $10. That's dollar. Let it go. 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 Security's watching you, brother. All right. Deacons, count that money up. See what we got. What we got. What we got there, Deacons. What we got. What we got. What we got. Deacons is counting the money to make sure we got enough because if we ain't got enough, we got to come back again. Okay, you understand. We got enough? No, we ain't got enough. All right. Come on back again. I got to come back. Listen, I know, I know the Lord will help you dig a little deeper. You got a mighty big pocketbook. I know you got. Do you, listen to me. Do you have five dollars in there? Do you have five? You ain't got five. You got five, ten, five. A check. You got a check. You got a. You got a credit card. Yo, there you go. We got. We take, we take what you got. We take what you got. Now, how many of you have seen it done this way? Thank you, deacons. Thank you so much. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Bless y'all. Back to your seats. Come on. How many of you? Come on, amen. Make believe, right? All right, now, here, here's the deal. I'm not making fun of anybody. I personally understand why people do that. Because if you don't ask them specifically for an amount of money, they just, they just, people just don't get the right spirit sometimes. They think, give me 50 cents. So you need, to, you need to, first of all, develop a, as a believer an idea that when I give, I'm honoring God. This is an honor moment. And, and there's something about understanding the power of that. Only reason I illustrated that was to say, first of all, we don't do that. Not to put anybody else down. But I understand every time I'm in a church and they do that, I always give. Because I always say, they, this is what they feel they have to do. The congregation should create the atmosphere and say, you don't have to do that. Can you all tell me that, please? Come on. That's it. That's the way it should be. When grandmama's sick, right, and we're honoring grandmama, 
and we're trying to raise some money to get grandmama in a home or to fix up grandmama's house, we shouldn't have to do that. Can I get an amen to that? But you know, if you ever tried to raise money in a family, oh, some of you must have done it. They'll cry. One of the most amazing things is they'll cry my mama died, somebody died, and they fall out. Ah, he called, they weak and be lean. <laughs> but you want to stop all the tears? I'm going to tell you how to stop all the tears. I'm telling you, all you got to do is something. So grandmama didn't have no insurance. Oh, Jesus, really? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. That's a real shocker. I thought I was getting something out of this deal. Grandmama ain't got no insurance. She ain't got no will. Yes, she got zero. We need $500. That's it. In the conversation. 500, 500, oh, I ain't, oh, woo, wow, I just put my first thousand away, I can't give up half for grandmama, and they'll, they'll come, now watch, when the casket come by, they'll want to pull her out the casket, the ones who do that normally don't give anything, we have a problem sometimes with understanding what we're doing with our money, honoring. And you should be happy to honor. There's nothing wrong with that. There's something powerful about being the kind of person who embraces the concept, who graduates to a place where that does not offend you at all. Man, Temple, how bold are you today? Mm. Temple, do you, excuse me, y'all. Do you want to say what you want to say? No, you mean say it? Come on, say it. I struggle with this. Let me tell you I struggle with it. If I could be transparent. How much time I got? I struggle with people honoring me. That's, can, I, can I be real? I, I think that all of us, if we're not careful, will get honor in the wrong place. Some of us never taught our children to honor us. And now you're mad because they don't. You made them think <laughs> you must show them all the honor. Sacrifice. Do for them. And, and so when they don't know later on in life how to honor you, you're frustrated. But honoring is something you learn. Somebody tells you, no, say yes, sir, and no, sir, to him. Stand up when they come in the room. And in in, in, I understand in the military, general walk in the room, what do you do? That's it. What do you yell? On your feet. On your feet. Stand, I mean, hey, it's not, that's an honor. There's something like that. Captain on the bridge. But we, there's, there's something about honor that, that, that gets missing. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. You don't know this. I, I, I did the two churches for a while, right? Now, I, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to get ethnic for a minute. I had a Spanish congregation of about seven, 8,000. English congregation about three in L.A. And I was doing both churches. Y'all know that, but it's true. And we had a pastor over the Spanish church. But, and, but basically, I was in charge of all. I was a pastor of all of it overall. And, but when you have a meeting with the Spanish church, about 18 staff people. We had about 150 staff all together. And we had 18, and when I, when I would go into the Spanish meeting, they would all stand up, a pastor. English one, they'd all sit down. 
Nobody stood up in the English. I didn't even notice it. They said, did you notice they all stand when you come in? I said, oh, boy. Yeah, okay. Hey, what's happening? At ease. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm, a little, I'm confused. This, this, this kind of ought to make me nervous. I don't know what to do. Call a meeting on, they had a prayer meeting. They had a prayer meeting on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. What time did I say? On what day? Saturday. Saturday. They heard our pastor was coming to that meeting. 300 of them showed up at 7 a.m. dressed up. Worship team full of volunteers, band full of volunteers. It's a different culture. All pastors in the room. They wanted to see, hear what I was going to say. There's something about that dynamic. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. I, this is a sidebar. The reason I let y'all honor me once a year or so, because I don't, I don't want to die and be mad. Come on, come on. Come on. That, ain't, that ain't right. Come on, clap your hand. You know I'm telling the truth. I ain't going to hold no grudges against anybody. And I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell them what to ask for or anything. But then they fight me because they, they, they don't fight me. I, try, I tell them, leave you alone. Because I want to be the man all by myself. That's how I want to be. But that's not the way you train. That's not the way you teach. And that's not the way you live. You let people honor you. And you learn how to be honored. And you learn how to honor. Honor the Lord. So every time I get paid, I honor the Lord with the first fruits of my increase. When I get paid, I pray. This is how I pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the seed I've received. And God, I honor you today. And I have my little phone out because I text to give mine. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I speak over this offering I'm about to give, these tithes I'm about to give. I made $1,000. I'm going to give you the first hundred and say thank you for what you've given me. And I sow this believing that you're going to bless me. And God, I give this $100 toward this building project. I give it in Jesus' name by faith above what I normally give because I trust you. Now, bless the less what I have left. I, pro I believe you'll prosper me. Then I take it, and the next thing I do is I save the same amount for myself. Now, Father, I take this amount of money, in Jesus' name, $100 for myself, and I set it aside for my future. And I believe by faith that you will prosper this. And I, I have a whole prayer for nobody. Because I believe that God will bless me when I honor God, when I honor, when I honor people. When I give to missions, when I sow seed above my life. Come on, say, honor the Lord, honor the Lord. with the first fruits the first of your increase. Of your increase. And, so and so shall your barns be filled. Because now I've included God in this season of my life. Here's the question. When it comes to your resources, how much have you invited God into that process? Now, if you want to manage it by yourself, so be it. Because he's worthy. Come on, say amen. amen. Did everybody get my big example? Amen. Here we go. Number three. My son, verse 11, my son, despise not, do not despise, rather, the Lord's discipline. He delights in. Because so many of us did not have, and some of you did not have that fatherly influence in your life in those early years, you don't really have a concept of a father's discipline. 
I say this, not to name drop, but it's true. He said this was so classic. We were, I was with a, a meeting last week um, with about 80 pastors, and it's a group of us get together once a year. T.D. Jakes was a part of that meeting, and he said something that was so hilarious in the, our, in the conversation he and I had. He said, we were talking, sitting around talking, and he said, um, I told my wife, now, uh, children, I love you different than your mama. <laughs> I love you, but my love a little different. And, and I, I laugh, and we all because it was amazingly true. There's a tone that a father teaches the family to respond to, and it's not a mean tone. It's different. It's not a grumpy tone. It's a different tone. Should be loving, but but different. God links that to how He disciplines you. So here's the question: Who in your life is allowed to do this? This idea of being grown and gone where there's nobody in your life that can speak to you and stop you. I mean, you won't even, you won't even stop and breathe. If, who in your life will you allow? This is one of my big life principles. Somebody has to be able to stop you. If you are unstoppable, there will come a season in your life where you will self-destruct. Mm, mm, mm. What do I want to say? God bless Deborah Begay. God bless her. Consider this. Make sure she gets this. I was speaking at West Angeles Church of God in Christ in Los Angeles. 10,000 member church, Bishop Charles Blake. I speak there once, twice a year. She came up to me one service, and she said, she said, hey, I'm the money lady. So you see, you CFO? Yeah. So I didn't know the money lady. I like to talk, you know, and unlearn. And she said, well, she gave me her card, and we changed information, and Diane met her, and it was great, and we became best of friends. And she is a true accountant. She wrote the largest church loan in American history at the time for a church, like $40 million, $30, $40 million. At the time, that was the largest loan the church had ever got. She's amazing. Smart, was in corporate America, gifted. She's written a book. We wrote, matter of fact, we wrote a book together. Deborah started talking to me about money. And Deborah, Deborah was a tool that God used to speak to my life. Remember one time she said to me, she said, she and her husband said, how much money do you think you got? We had church balance sheet, profit, loss, cash flow in front of us. I said, she said, how much money do you think you got? And I said, oh, I showed up what we had. She said, no, you ain't got that much. <laughs> she said, no, you, you, know, you need to look on this balance sheet right here. Let me show you how to read. Profit loss, balance sheet, cash flow. I want you to see how they all flow together. See how they get in the river. I want you to know. You ready? I want you to be a smart black man. You're already smart, but I'm going to help you get smarter. She taught this in school. She's a college professor. And so every month, more than I wanted to, we wrestled over these forms. And she went over, she started going, they, their, their company started going over our books, and they started showing us. It was amazing. This was way back 10, 15 years ago. It was a powerful experience because here's what happened. 
Start saying, no, 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 you, no, it's not this, not this, this balance here. You got some, you got some bills waiting. You, you got some current liabilities. That's a term I learned. So in accounting, you know, you got $100,000 in the bank, but you owe 20000 So you really only got how much? 80000 But I don't like that 80000 number. I want to look at that what number? 100000 That's the number I want to talk about. How much you got? No, you ain't got no 100000 That's coming out next week. Come on, talk to me. You hear what I'm saying to you? And in the middle of that process, we developed a relationship, and she'd write some of the smokiness emails you ever want to read in your life. What are you doing? Where are your budget? Look at your capital expenses. Ah! And she'd put it all in caps. I said, stop yelling at me, girl. Don't you yell at the man of God. Don't you yell, Don't you yell at me. But her and other tools that other people God brought in my life stopped me. Bought some good bankers, too. Good bankers who say, well, what do you want to build now? How much that come? And, they don't, and then, they, you know, and you understand, when people love you, sometimes they don't want to tell you no. They just look at you and smile. That's when you know you're in trouble. They don't get it. They, they, they look at you, how much, how much, how much? Whoa, whoa. And then that's, that's, that's $50,000 a month, isn't it? That's $80,000 a month. Isn't that, isn't that every 30 days? 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, $80,000. Have mercy, Jesus. That's why you got to sell chicken. Barbecue, you're getting ready to sell everything now. You're, <laughs> you're going to need gleaners, barbecue, chicken. You're going to need everything. You're going to have to talk about money for at least 45 minutes every Sunday because you put yourself in this place. And so there were people who were yelling and screaming. And, and, but first of all, they were quiet. I learned this. And here's the problem with being successful. Listen to me, listen to me. If you're successful and you talk well, people respect you, they'll let you die and watch you die. You need people in your life who say, stop that. You need people in your life who say, you're looking bad. You need people in your life who say, you need to rest. You need people who can stop you. Do you allow anybody to stop you? Is there anybody that can pull you over? You wreck in your marriage. You talk to a man like that. You wreck in your life. Is there anybody that can stop you? Don't you hit your children like that. Don't you yell at that boy like that. Who can stop you in your life? Pray for stopping. I pray. God bring them in my life. God brought me a new one. I need people to teach me. Some of you are too grown. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can tell you no. You got to let people. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. You got to open the door. You got to say, in Jesus' name, lift your hand, say, in Jesus' name, you can stop me. You didn't say it like you mean it. Come on, say, in Jesus' name, you can stop me. Last one, I'm done. I'm done. Number six, number seven. Have no fear of sudden disaster. Of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. The Lord will be your confidence and keep you your foot from being snared. Father, your word promises that you will protect us. And so out of all that we've said today, we believe you will protect us at every season of our lives. 
I come to you today asking you to touch us. Some of us are in a dark season. Some of us are in a lonely season. But the Bible says, have no fear because of sudden disaster. Or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. The Lord will be my confidence. And he'll keep my foot from being snared. A thousand may fall around me. Ten thousand may fall on the other side. But I believe it will not come nigh me. Because, Father, my hands are lifted and I surrender today to you. I get it. My heart's open. My mind is open. You don't have to punish me. You don't have to whip me. Ooh. Mm. Look at the preacher. First Corinthians. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged. You said that by communion. When you take the communion, you're saying, I know you died for me. I know you gave your life for me, Jesus. And I acknowledge my failure and my sin. And I judge myself before I take this. I judge myself. And the Bible said, if I judge myself, I will not be judged. Judge yourself today. Tell the truth about you. Don't wait for somebody to get you. You see it. All you do is live long enough. Old Baptist preacher said it one day. He said that all of a sudden you'll see the flashing hand of God's judgment. He'll give you a minute. He may give you a year. He may give you a while. But after a while, you'll see. The flashing, you can name them, can't you? People in your family. You told them to stop that drinking. For them to change their behavior. Father, help us. We lift our hands judging ourselves today, repenting, which means we've changed our minds. We get it. We're clear. And we surrender to you. Asking you, oh God, to come alive in us in a way that you've never been, in a new and a fresh way, a way that will lead us to a new season of blessing and grace. In your favor on our life. I bind fear. I bind insecurity. And I declare faith over us as a church. We will rise and do great things for God. In Jesus' name. Come on, say in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a big hand, Captain, a big praise. If you learned something today, if God spoke to you, praise God. Amen. Come on, praise God. Give him a shout. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you today. We give you glory. Come on, people. Make him know you. Give him honor. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, after you've heard the, I've heard the message, and I realize that I need to make a start. I need to give my life to Jesus. You said a lot today. And I, I've tried to be a good person. I may have done all I can to get myself on the right road, but I need you to pray for me because I want to I wanna make a I want to declare that I'm surrendering my life to God today. I want him to be the Lord of my life. And I, I need you to pray that prayer for me. If that's you, raise your hand. Say, pray that prayer. Pastor, pray that prayer for me. I want Jesus in my life. Every head bowed, I see you. Anybody else, pray that prayer. I see you. Anybody else, pray that prayer. Anybody else, I see you. Anybody saying, pray that prayer for me. Some are raising their hands. Some are raising their hearts. 
Father, we lift up all who raise their hands and hearts and those who are home watching as well. Let this be the moment that they say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you and I will never be the same. I thank you for all those who raised their hands and many who raised their hearts and said, I need Jesus in my life. I need to acknowledge that I have not been walking with God and I need God in my life today. And so, God, we leave with faith, believing that your forgiveness has been made possible because of your death on the cross. Your sacrifice for us is at the foundation of our faith. And we believe because of your sacrifice, we're now free and we are forgiven in Jesus name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Listen, thank you for coming today. If you 